Good afternoon, and welcome, welcome, welcome to chapter four of Five Go to Smuggler's Top. And chapter four is actually called Smuggler's Top, so they must reach it, reach their destination. So here goes. The car sped on, mostly along the coast, although it sometimes went inland for a few miles, but sooner or later it was in sight of the sea again. The children enjoyed the long drive. They would stop somewhere for lunch, and the driver told them he knew of a good inn. At half past twelve he drew up outside an old inn, and they all trooped in. Julian took charge and ordered lunch was a very good one and all the children enjoyed it. So did Timmy, the innkeeper liked dogs, and put down such a piled up plate for t Timmy that the dog hardly liked to begin on his meal in case it was not for him. He looked up at George and she nodded to him. It's your dinner, Timmy, eat it up. So he ate it, hoping that if they were going to stay anywhere, they might just be staying at the inn. Meals like this did not arrive every day for a hungry dog. But after lunch, the children got up. They went to find the driver who was having his lunch in the kitchen with the innkeeper and his wife. They were old friends of his. Well, I hear you're going to Castaway, said the innkeeper, getting up. You be careful there. Castaway, said Julian. Is that what the hill is called, where Smuggler's Top is? That's its name, said the innkeeper. Why is it called that, said Anne. What a funny name. Were people cast away on it once when it was an island? Oh no, the old story goes that the hill was once joined to the mainland, said the innkeeper. But it was the haunt of bad people and one of the saints became angry with the place and cast it away into the sea where it became an island. Oh, so it was called Castaway, said Dick. But perhaps it's got good again because the sea has gone away from it and you can walk from the mainland to the hill, can't you? Yes, there's one good road you can take, said the innkeeper. But you be careful of wandering away from it. If you go walking on it, the marsh will suck you down in no time if you set foot on it. Oh, it does sound a most exciting place, said George. Smuggler's top on Castaway Hill. Only one road to it. Time to get on, said the driver, looking at the clock. You're to, you've got to be there before tea, your uncle said. They got into the car again, Timmy clambering over legs and feet to a comfortable place on George's lap. He was far too big and heavy to lie there, but just occasionally seemed to want to, and George never had the heart to refuse him. They drove off once more, Anne fell asleep and the others felt drowsy too. The car purred on and on, began to rain and the countryside looked rather dreary. The driver turned round after a while and spoke to Julian. We're coming near to Castaway Hill. We'll soon be leaving the mainland and taking the road across the marsh. Julian woke Anne and they all sat up expectantly. But it was very disappointing after all. The marshes were full of mist. The children could not pierce through it with their eyes and could only see the flat road they were on, raised a little higher than the surrounding flat marsh. When the mist shifted a little now and again, the children saw a dreary space, a flat marsh on either side. Stop a minute, said Julian, I'd like to see what the marsh is like. Well, don't step off that road, warned the driver, stopping the car. And don't you let that dog out. Once he runs off the road and gets into the marsh, he'll be gone for good. 
What do you mean, gone for good, said Anne, her eyes wide. He means the marsh will suck down Timmy at once, said Julian. Shut him in the car, George. So Timmy, much to his disgust, was shut safely in the car. He pawed at the door and tried to look out of the window. The driver turned and spoke to him. It's all right, they'll be back soon, old fellow. But Timmy whined all the time the others were out of the car. He saw them go to the edge of the road. He saw Julian jump down the couple of feet that raised the road above the marsh. There was a line of raised stones running in the marsh alongside the road. Julian stood on one of those, peering at the flat marsh. It's mud, he said. Loose, squelchy mud. Look, when I touch it with my foot, it moves. It would soon suck me down if I trod heavily on it. Anne didn't like it. She called to Julian. Come up on the road again. I'm afraid you'll fall in. Mists were wreathing and swirling over the salty marshes. It was a weird old place, cold and damp. None of the children liked it. Timmy began to bark in the car. Tim will scratch the car to bits if we don't get back, said George. So they all went back rather silent. Julian wondered how many travellers had been lost in that strange sea marsh. Oh, there are many that had never been heard of again, said the driver when they asked him. They say there are one or two winding paths that go to the hill from the mainland that were used before the road was built. But unless you know every inch of them, you're off them in a second and find your feet sinking in the mud. Oh, it's horrid to think about, said Anne. Don't let's talk about it any more. Can we see Castaway Hill yet? Yes, there it is, looming up in the mist, said the driver. The top of it is out of the mist, see? Strange place, isn't it? The children looked in silence. One of the slowly moving mists, or out, sorry, out of the slowly moving mist rose a tall, steep hill whose rocky sides were as steep as cliffs. The hill seemed to swim in the mists and to have no roots in the earth. It was covered with buildings which even at that distance looked old and quaint. Some of them had towers. That must be Smuggler's Top right at the summit, said Julian, pointing. It's like an old building of centuries ago. Probably is. Look at the tower it has. What a wonderful view you'd get from that. The children gazed at the place where they were to stay. It looked exciting and picturesque, certainly. But it also looked quite forbidding. It's sort of sort of secret somehow, said Anne, putting into words what the others were thinking. I mean, it looks as if it had all kinds of strange secrets down the centuries. I guess it could tell plenty of tales. The car drove on again quite slowly because the mists came down thickly. The road had a line of sparkling round buttons set all along the middle and when the driver switched on his fog lamp they shone brightly and guided him well. Then as they neared Castaway Hill the road began to slope upwards. We go through a big archway soon, said the driver. That used to be where the city gate once was. The whole town is surrounded by walls still, just as it used to be in the olden times. 
It's wide enough to walk on. And if you start at a certain place and walk long enough, you'll come round to the place you started at. All the children made up their minds to do this without fail. What a view they would have all around the hill if they chose a fine day. The road became steeper and the driver put the engine into a lower gear. It groaned up the hill. Then it came to an archway from which old gates were fastened back. It passed through and the children were in castaway. It's almost as if we've gone back through the centuries and come to somewhere that existed ages ago, said Julian, peering at the old houses and shops with their cobbled streets, their diamond-paned windows and stout old doors. They went up the winding high street and came at last to a big gateway set with wrought iron gates. The driver hooted and they opened. They swept into a steep drive and at last stopped before smugglers top. They got out, feeling suddenly shy. The big old house seemed to frown down at them. It was built of brick and timber, and its front door was as massive as that of a castle. Weird gables jutted here and there over the diamond-paned windows. The house's one tower stood sturdily at the east side of the house, with windows all around. It was not a square tower, but a rounded one, and ended in a point. Smuggler's Top, said Julian. It's a good name for it, somehow. I suppose lots of smuggling went on here in the old days. Dick rang the bell. To do this, he had to pull down an an iron handle, and a jangling at once made itself heard in the house. There was the sound of running feet, and the door was opened. It opened slowly, for it was heavy. Beyond it stood two children, one a girl of about Anne's age and the other a boy of Dick's age. Here you are at last, cried the boy, his dark eyes dancing. I thought you were never coming. This is Sooty, said Dick to the girls who had not met him before. They stared at him. He was certainly very, very dark. Black hair, black eyes, black eyebrows and a brown face. In contrast to him, the girl beside him looked pale and delicate. She had golden hair, blue eyes and her eyebrows were so faint they could hardly be seen. This is Mary Bell, my sister, said Sooty. I always think we look like Beauty and the Beast. Sooty was nice. Everyone liked him at once. George found herself twinkling at him in a way quite strange to her for usually she was shy of strangers and would not make friends with for some time but who could help liking sooty with his dancing black eyes and his really wicked grin come in said sooty driver you can take the car round to the next door and block will take in the luggage for you and give you tea suddenly sooty's face lost its smile and grew very solemn He had seen Timmy. Oh, I say, that's not your dog, is it? He said. He's mine, said George, and she laid a protecting hand on Timmy's head. I had to bring him. I can't go anywhere without him. Oh, yes, but no dogs allowed at Smuggler's Top, said Sooty, still looking very worried and glancing behind him as if he was afraid someone might come along and see Timmy. 
My stepfather won't allow any dogs here. Once I brought in a stray one and he went mad. George looked stubborn and sulky. I thought, I, I thought maybe we could hide him somewhere while we were here, she said. But if that's how you feel, I'll go back home with the car. Goodbye. She turned and went after the car, which was backing away. Timmy went with her. Sooty stared, and then he yelled after her. Oi, come back, stupid. We'll think of something. Well, I wonder what they will think of. Oh, how could people not like dogs? Well, I don't know. (laughs) Anyway. Tomorrow we'll find out if they do think of something or if George and Timmy have to go home again. But until then, have a good day and take care and stay safe. So, see you tomorrow. Bye for now.